0: Today's reading is John 10, 1-21, you can read it on your own Bible or on the screen. This is God's Word. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Will you pray with me? Heavenly God, in a world of messages, notifications, news briefings, noise, and voices, would you let it be our experience this morning that even with such silly things as a program called Zoom and smartphones and computers and all of these things, that in the, a mysterious way you would pierce through all of it, that we would hear your voice amidst the din and the clatter, that we would hear you as our Good Shepherd calling our name calling us forward towards green pastures, amen. If you haven't caught on by now in this service with all the references to it, we're talking about Jesus being our shepherd. Let me just, so, well, let me just say this also, that Jesus, when he says this, to these in, in notice right at the beginning, it says he said it to the Pharisees who are the religious leaders. They are the would be shepherds of the people. Jesus is making a strong claim about his identity in this and you might not catch it at first, but we have to go back a little bit to catch it. So be very brief, but we will trace through a couple of things. Let me start by just just reciting one of the most monumental places that we hear about this theme of God being our shepherd. Psalm 23, and it's very much a prayer for the days we're living in right now. So just listen to this, whatever way is easiest for you to process these words, whether they're familiar or new to you. It goes like this, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, he restores my soul. He guides me along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God wants to use that prayer for us to understand that he is our ultimate shepherd. There's other places this has shown up in scripture, and I have to point to one other one. In Ezekiel chapter 34, it's a little more, it uses the negative side of bad shepherds to make the same point. So we read in Ezekiel chapter 34 that the the leaders of the people of God are are not doing well as good shepherds. And so this is the the passage, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe a whole chapter dedicated to this. So I'll just skip to a couple other points. Verse 10 says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. And I will rescue the flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. And you that's vivid imagery. If you realize this is talking about leadership and leadership, you know, basically, instead of caring for this flock, they're just, it's like treating it like your personal refrigerator, like this, you know, I'm just just getting fat off cooking up these tender lambs for myself. And so God's gonna rescue the sheep from the mouth of these bad shepherds. And then it says in verse 22, I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. And this is where you, you have to realize When Jesus says in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. That's the passage that Joanna read. You have to realize that he's saying it to the Pharisees, the teachers of the law who knew scriptures really well. So when he says, I am the good shepherd, this is what they're thinking, that he's making this claim. Where God says in Ezekiel uh, 34, I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord will be their God and my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord have spoken. And then it closes with just, a, just an amazing, simple sentence. It says, verse 31, you are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture. I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. So this is the kind of claim God is making, this is now the claim Jesus is making, ultimate shepherding. And of course, this relates to leadership. Um, It's rare for us in our world, at any time, it's rare for us to have leaders who are not using their shepherding voice to manipulate or it had being a voice filled with self-interest and getting ahead. It's rare to, for us to hear leadership voices that aren't just trying to use their voice to get themselves elected. And you know maybe saying one kind of things, the voice says one set of things at a big rally of thousands of people, but that voice is saying other things in a private room with a billionaire donor we in some ways learn to be a little skeptical of leadership voices, the shepherding voices of our day. And in a global crisis, leadership is needed. And we're having these experiences where, you know, on the one hand, you might listen to one leader talk and you might say, "Ah, I sense there's some insincerity there. I sense they're trying to leverage this moment for their own gain. And then you might find, the same day from another voice, another, you, might, you might find that you're hearing courageous, compassionate shepherding coming from unlikely places we're, in, we're sensitive to these things. And in a world where leaders tend to, the majority of them seem to tend to want to use, to, to use the backs of the sheep to get ahead. We find it rare to see what those who walked closely with Jesus what they said he was all about. And this is what it says in Matthew chapter nine, verse 36 says one of Jesus's closest followers who was with him, you know, morning, noon, and night saw the behind the scenes, Jesus. This is what is said about Jesus. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The Bible exists to try to convince you. It really does. I believe it it exists to try to convince you that God is your ultimate good, trustworthy shepherd who has your best interests in mind all the time. That's, That's what I believe the bigger arc of the story of the Bible can be said to contain, to convince you that God has your best interests in mind, but there's something difficult about this is that we have to familiarize ourselves with his voice. In this book about about all these shepherding things, there's this author named Philip Keller and he tells the story. He was an actual shepherd in east africa who became a pastor and a a student of scripture and so he he uses these metaphors of real shepherding to bring them to life and he said he used to invite people guests would come and visit and he and they would be astounded he would tell them what words to tell the flock and they would shout out these words to the flock and the in the sheep would just look at them with a dumb look on their face at this you know as if to say who are you what we don't recognize your voice and then this, the, he, the shepherd, would say the same thing and the sheep would do exactly what he called and they would come right to him. That's the image of intimate knowing of the shepherd's voice. And, and that's actually what's needed to get to know the goodness of the good shepherd is a familiar, familiarity with his voice. Um, a lot of people in our world today have said, no, thank you. You maybe have said, no, thank you. You know, I, I can't trust... Maybe you've had an experience with church or with the Bible and, and you just have this feeling like, uh, I don't trust that, that God or the church has my best interests in mind. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had to call someone who I hadn't met. And so I called this person. I don't know them at all. And the first encounter on the phone was one of those awkward uh, exchanges where I caught him at the wrong time. And um, he didn't know who was calling. He didn't know who I was, didn't recognize the number on his phone. I, and after 20 seconds on the phone, I walked away going, That guy's a jerk. <laughs> I just thought, I don't know if you've ever had this, but I, I just rushed to judgment. And I, I was like, That felt cold and distance. And um, I know we have to connect and I have to talk to him, but I've already decided I don't like him. And so I kind of had that view of this person. Well, eventually we schedule a time and we get 20 minutes on the phone. And by the end of the phone call, 20 minutes, I'm. Uh, You know, I'm eating out of his hand and I'm like, this guy is a real gem. I want to be his best friend. It's an absolute true story that just happened. And it illustrated to me that we can make incredibly wrong judgments before we really know someone and have spent time with their voice. I had 20 seconds of this person's voice and I had a firm grip on knowing that he wasn't good for me. And that's what I think a lot of us tend to do for perhaps good intentions and good reasons, but we do this with God, and then we kind of block out the voice of God, the good voice of the good shepherd, and it takes time. So this passage, the passage of Psalm 23 alerts us to something very vivid and helpful in our times right now, when it says that there's this valley, the darkest valley is how it's described in one translation. And the older translation says, much more vivid, walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And sheep get spooked in these kind of places. They wonder what's what's around each dark corner. And that's where we're at. Humanity is panicked and spooked and afraid and worried in these times. And we wonder what threat is ahead and how much should we be worrying. And we're in desperate need of the shepherd's voice. We're in desperate need of the Good Shepherd. Christians have been called over and over again followers of Christ. And that language works very well with the shepherding language followers of Christ. And followers, seasoned followers of Christ, I've noticed, have regularly, habitually gone back to listening to the Good Shepherd's voice. So that when a crisis comes, it it doesn't catch them quite as much off guard. They just say, well, here again, here's this new crisis. I'm just going to do what I've always done is I'm going to, I'm going to plunge myself. I'm going to soak myself in the good shepherd's voice and I'm going to allow the good shepherd to be present and to lead and to guide me through this dark valley, because I've been there before. And I know that through the dark valley, I am led competently. My best interests are held in the shepherd's hands and I end up being led towards what turn out to be green pastures. So friends, let that, let that inspire us. Let that inspire you and let that be the image that you carry with you um, throughout this week. I'm gonna share um, the screen with you, which I think, let me see if I can find it. Um, I'm gonna share the screen with you and it'll give you something to reflect on and to consolidate kind of what you're hearing from God in this moment. And a couple of questions for, for further journaling and prayer. Let's pray. Our God of grace, we pray that you would help us to hear your voice as our good shepherd, um, that you would help overcome our fears of of, um, of the situation but also of opening up our lives to your voice that your holy spirit would help us to hear you and to follow in jesus name amen